0: Hey, it's Lori from Hike. Have you ever been interested in trail running as a hiker, but maybe didn't know where to start um, or were intimidated by actually running on the trail? Well, then this episode is for you. I get to talk to Gina LaCretzi about trail running and specifically from the viewpoint of someone who's a hiker and is interested in starting to trail run. We talk about the basics and the Trail Sisters community that she founded, which provides support, encouragement, and resources to someone who's getting into trail running, uh, already a trail runner, including groups across the U.S. and beyond that you can be part of. So take a listen to my conversation with Gina. So I'm here with Gina Lucretzi. Thank you for being with me today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm excited to share a few things and, you know, whatever I can do to help.
0: So, Gina, I found you when I was doing some research on trail running. Um, I know this is a hiking podcast, but I know there's many of us who are kind of like doing both or transitioning into running or trail running. Um, activity, so I thought it would be great to learn more about trail running and to learn about the site you also run, which is Trail Sisters. Totally, yeah. So first, tell me just a little bit about yourself before we get into the the details.
1: Sure. So, um, so well, so I'm 37 years old. No, <laughs> no. Um, so I'm originally from uh, Pennsylvania. I live out here in uh, Buena Vista, Colorado. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I was always into outdoor sports. I never would have guessed that running is kind of the area I would have gravitated towards. I was really into uh, team sports. Actually, I I grew up playing uh, this sport called field hockey. It's very popular out East. And then um, I did quite well running. We would always have like a time mile. I ended up going into uh, track and field and I, I don't know the the success continued with just finding my way through my legs, running around the track and then across cross country. And then, you know, ever, ever since it's kind of been the focus, but um, yeah, then, you know, just, I don't know, running, I never thought that would be where my work would lie, I guess, or where my destiny would be if you, you could call it that, but it's been, it's been a blast kind of discovering that world and figuring out more about what I can do to maybe help others enjoy the outdoors as much as you know I, I have learned to enjoy them. And there was definitely a learning curve. I wasn't really a fan of certain things at first, but you realize that um, the enjoyment for the outdoors is kind of unique for everybody. they all, Everybody has their own versions of why they like it. And it took me a while to figure out what my reasoning or the thing I liked about it the most was.
0: So you were talking about how you were doing like cross country and different outdoors. So when did you start trail running? Like as part of your outdoor recreation?
1: Um, I started that, I think I want to say it was like 2008. Um, was when I discovered trail running and, um, I was living in Colorado Springs at the time I was finishing up a, um, a master's in sports management. I had to have an internship finish it and so I was working over I got really lucky I was working with the um, Olympic committee in Colorado Springs and I was training for road running events but I ran into this woman named Nancy Hobbs and she uh, has this website and um, it's called the American Trail Running Association she's also on the USA track and field board and all these other um, fun thing. She's a, a great person, but she, uh, she could like, say, Hey, you should try this sport. you should try this trail running, you know, you're a speedy little roadster. You would love the trails. And I was like, okay, whatever. But when I was a kid, I always remember loving playing outside, you know, um, I climbed trees all the time. Like the woods were very appealing if you would. Um, and so I was like, okay, we'll see what this is all about. And I did it. she, had me go on a run with her. Uh, she kicked my butt and (laughs) I was competitive. I wasn't really thrilled about that. So it's like, okay, I gotta get better at this, you know, this thing and see what it's all about and went out with her again, the next, uh, the next weekend and, and had a better, a better go at that, at that fun trail run. But it kind of stuck ever since it was, it was really neat just to see different things, different aspects that I wasn't used to. Um, when I was so used to seeing the road or coming from a track background, and so, yeah, that's kind of how it, how it got, how I got started, it, you know, was because she invited me out for a trail run and showed me a whole different world of what really existed. So,
0: yeah, that's interesting. So kind of, I'm personally interested in it because, you know, I've hiked for a few years now and I, I love being out on the trail and just started recently kind of exploring the idea of running on the trail, but I can't imagine running on the road like it, and so i wondered you know is that something you hear from others do you do you hear people that are just kind of like well i want to try to run but i'm you know trying to to learn from the trail perspective
1: you know um meaning like so do i hear from road runners that if they're excited about running trail is, is that right no
0: i mean like people that just aren't excited about road oh. but but opposite you know that they're what's engaged them is Thinking about running on a trail?
1: Sure, there's definitely, I've definitely heard from people like, yes, I've always been drawn towards the out there. I can't imagine just running on hard pavement or in a straight line for so long. So I don't hear that as often as people curious from the roadside about trail, but there are people that will go straight kind of into, you know, dirt, the dirt paths or the, you know, and kind of extend from there. And they haven't really ever had the experience of running on a road first if you will but um yeah you know I I I remember running into this woman once and she was telling me a story how what she really liked about the trails and this kind of strays from your question but what she really liked about the trail was the fact that people could not see her whereas on the road or the sidewalk people could see her as she you know trotted along did her thing and that it kind of gave her a sense of uneasiness or just, I don't know, it was always there. Like she was on display and you know, every, some that might bother some people might not bother others, but I'd, I'd never heard that perspective before. And the difference of why somebody like trailed more than they liked the road. Um, but it makes a lot of sense in my opinion. And like, no, I get it. That. It does. Like,
0: yeah. And that's really interesting. Cause I, I thought, well, that might be kind of my thing too, is that, I mean, besides just not enjoying pavement, um, and, you know, kind of that hard <laughs> aspect, but also, you, you know, when I'm out on the trails, I might pass a couple people or, or they pass me or something, yeah. but, but, you know, you're not, uh, you do feel a little more, I guess, freer to explore and to kind of, um, not feel so self-conscious. Cool. So that, that's a good point. Yeah. So for people who are totally like new to what trail running is, you know, there's, what there's kind of like a, probably a continuum, right? you know, from a dirt kind of surface to gravel to actual like mountain type trails where it's very rocky and ruddy, so can we kind of talk about the basics of, of you know trail running and and what really what classifies as trail running?
1: yeah, so you know, and everybody will have their own version of a definition, but for me, it's just like trail running to me it's just it's just moving it's moving on a more um, extreme terrain a little quicker than you would at as like a normal pace of a, you know, or of a a slower pace or a walk, if you will, you know, so it's increasing your pace through the woods, if you will, but um, is a really simple definition, I guess, but I guess the basics for people looking to experience or start best thing you can do is I always think like, well, well, get a map of your local area or go online, find out what's around you, what's nearby and get really comfortable with those areas. Understand where you're going to go before you go there. If it's, you know, if depending on the neighborhood, if you're, you know, in a city, like you want to understand, like, is this decent part of town? You want to be obviously take yourself to an area where you feel comfortable, you feel safe and you're aware of what's around you. Um, So always pick a good location first before you go. Then after that, I think the best type of route you can do is something. If there is like a rating system, take the easiest thing first. It's brand new. You're gonna learn really quick that your pace, if you come from a road running background or something else. Or obviously if you're a hiker and you want to get into something like trail running, well, I guess road running and hiking, they'd be complete opposites on how you'd start. But so maybe we'll talk about hiking because we're on the hike podcast, right? <laughs> 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 ah, injecting the humor there, Gina. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, well, um, sometimes I get used to talking about what it's like coming from the roadside. But, you know, if you're already used to hiking, right? So you already have an idea of your, probably of your local trails and things like that. But picking a moderately graded uh, trail is good, right? As a hiker, you're probably used to maybe doing something that's more technical. Well, for trail running, starting out, Let's find something that's really, um, non-technical, find the trail that has the least amount of obstacles. So you don't catch your toe or you don't, you know, you don't trip over your feet. Um, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like you want, you want to take things super basic and maybe to a sense that you feel like, Oh, this is silly. I can't believe I'm doing something maybe this simple when I'm used to hiking on something that might be a little bit more aggressive. But when you start trail running, it's it's a different beast. You know, things are moving. Obviously, things are moving a bit quicker. You have to react a little faster, um, and you're also landing harder with every step. They usually so it's about I think two times your body weight when you are running and you're going downhill. So you have more more force and impact um, on these grades. When you're going uphill, obviously you're going slower and you're almost like uh, lightly tapping the ground because you know gravity's pulling you down you're pushing up but downhill you have a lot more force so taking your time and just you know slowing things down and trying to enjoy what you're doing but also being really conscious and aware of what's around you is is kind of the 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 top things you want to think about i'm also a fan of like just doing out and back you don't have to do a big loop you don't have to do anything crazy do an out and back so if you start to head out on your your adventure for the day you're not really, maybe you're not feeling it that day or maybe you feel great. It doesn't matter, but all you have to do is turn around and go back. If you pick, for instance, like a loop, you get halfway out there and maybe you bit off more than you can chew, it can be really, you know, then you're kind of out there and you have to make it maybe all the way to the other side or, you know, if you're doing a point to point it can be a little daunting and then you don't want to have like a panic attack. Cause you're like, Oh, what have I got myself into? So I'm a big fan of starting out with something like an out and back, just because you can really determine how far you want to go and you, you know, where you're going. And I think those are really big and important things when starting anything new, really.
0: And um, also when you were you know talking about that and talking about kind of choosing what to what to go on first. There's something, you know, as a hiker to also consider is our gear. Now a lot of hikers do wear trail runners now, so that's really common um, because they're lighter, they just, you know, maneuver better, they have great grip, so you don't have to wear the clunky boots. But, um, But some of the other things we may not be as used to is kind of, you know, we have backpacks normally or, or did with our water. And, and I think those are just some of the things that I myself have tried to understand how to get better acclimated to. Where do you put your water bottle? Where do you put your phone for, you know, your app of, of, you know, doing your time kind of some of those things. So can you touch on like kind of gear and, and what, um, what people are wearing or how to, how to maybe it, tackle some of those challenges for someone who's coming from a hiking background?
1: Sure. So yes, you're used to carrying a lot more stuff and much heavier too. (laughs) Um, So I think there's, so let's talk like, well, any vessel really like, so your hydration going this as well, but I'm a big fan of what, you know, a a running vest or a pack and there's multiple brands out there for sure. You know, you have Ultimate Direction, you have Nathan, you have Ultraspire, Solomon makes some as well, Camelback. So anyway, but I couldn't tell you, you know, like, hey, this is the brand, like the best thing you can do to find the best vest or pack for you is to go to, you know, your local specialty store or your REI or a place that has actually a little bit of a variety. Um, You want to try on the vest, but don't try on these vests with nothing in them right? Because you're, you're not going to go out on the trail, whether you're hiking or running, you probably say the same thing for hiking, right? Like you want to put stuff in it to feel how it would feel, you know, weighted down because it's going to sit differently on you, um, filled versus just empty. So whenever you go to purchase something like this, make sure you ask the store manager or whatever, if you can load it up with different things in their store and, and then just maybe hop on the treadmill or they'll let you take it outside and do a brisk walk, whatever, like just to feel it. But, um, I'm a big fan of the vest versus the waist belts, um, as a female, especially. So I have a short torso. And so whenever I put anything around my hips, it rides up. And I feel like the darn waist belt is like around my boobs by the time I'm done, you know, by the time yeah. I'm a mile down the road. <laughs> no. So some, some women don't have that issue. My hips stick out so that the belt will slide up. So that's where I really like a vest and a vest usually has a little bit, well, it has a lot more room or, um, capability to pack, you know, multiple things. So when you're starting out, I mean, water's always, you should always have that with you for almost any activity you do. Sure. If you're going out for, you know, 15 minutes versus, you know, there's a time limit that maybe you don't need as much, but but the good thing with a vest, you can get, for instance, they have um, soft flask that you can have in the front of the vest, so front pockets. Then there's always the opportunity in almost any vest to have a um, a bladder. And I'm sure that would be the same as in a hiking pack. that Most, I think, have a sleeve or some version. Or if not, I know a lot of hikers will put bottles on the side or you have whatever the system is that works for you. But um, there's, I don't know, this probably coincides. My favorite um, hydration tool, actually, This it's kind of dependent on where you live. If you have, if you have access to a decent amount of water is the, um, the in uh, be free bottle. And I've no relationship with them or anything like that. So this isn't, you know, this is just my personal two cents, but so, um, it's just, you can get different sizes, but you, you get your soft flask and the top of it is, you know, the screw on filter. And all you do is you You scoop up, literally scoop up water from the stream, screw the, you know, the filter top back on that has the the flow funnel that you drink from, but you have instant flow. So you can like scoop and just totally drink right then and there. There's no like drip, filter, wait time. So when you're out there doing whatever the adventure is, it's just kind of like instant, you know, an instant drink. So, and it's fairly small. So then you don't have to carry as much, you don't have to carry a giant bladder if you have this one handy tool. But again, it's only really helpful if you're in an area with, you know, decent amount of water access. So in the middle yeah, effort, so, it wouldn't work.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so you have to, uh, again, kind of part, going back to the beginning where you're like, know, kind of know your trails, know the area, know, you know, kind of the water access. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's flowing water, you right. know, stagnant water, things like that. And time of year, obviously, is going to be different too, right? I mean, I'm in the Midwest, so you know, but it varies, you know, sometimes water is flowing more freely and other times it's drying up. So all really good things to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm going to check out that bottle. Cause that sounds
1: like a good, oh, a good yeah. addition to my pack. Totally. It's, it's, it's one of my, that and a, and a head buff, which, you know, I do have a relationship with buff, but besides that there, you can use them for a thousand different things. And that's why I'm always like have it in your quiver, it doesn't matter what sport you're doing recreationally outdoors. They're Keep you warm, help your hands serve as a like twisted ankle wrap, you know, whatever. But, um, but besides like a, a vest, like, and then also with a vest, I mean, there's multiple places you put, you know, your phone or something like that. But, you know, like I said, some people prefer a full, you know, big vest, you know, with like a two liter vest, or you can have just a little waist belt, and they even have handhelds if you're doing something really short. And you just, you know, want to literally carry the water in your hand. You just, you know, kinds of slides on like a little glove through your, with your palm. So there's different, there's different options and it, they're fairly easy to find, but it's nice to have that. Cause then at least as long as you can carry some version of a, um, well, uh, I guess a mapping device or your phone a navigation or communication device, I guess you could call it and hydration. You should be well set. And then there's always nutrition. Uh, and there's lots of I'm personally a fan of more real food items, which usually means, that you need a larger thing to carry them. But um, if you can do something like a gel, you know, you have the brand goo and you have, you know, um, Cliff and you have Scratch. Um, Tailwind also makes some great stuff. But something simple like that, you can take those little pouches of uh, gel and stick them in, you know, your vest or a waist belt as well. And that's usually about 100 to 150 calories, which is good for, they would say, you know, take one of those every, you know, hour or so, but it's nutrition is also very, it's different for everybody. So that that one's kind of a tough one to navigate, but you'd be silly not to take a little form of food with you. If you are headed out for something longer than, you know, a half an hour, especially in a new area, if something happens, then you at least have some, some nutrition with you out there on the trail.
0: Yeah. As hikers, we're really drilled into our heads to have like the 10 essentials for our hikes. So I think we would probably overpack. (laughs) I mean, every time, every time I see a a runner, I go, gosh, they have nothing with them. (laughs) What are they doing? Or at least it appears that way. They, you know, have a pack or, you know, something, but, but such a difference from, you know, having everything that, you know, hiker kind of typically, um, even for a day hike has, you know, kind of a lot Mm -hmm. in their pack as well. So, yeah, we talked about some of the gear and some of the basics. Um, what about uh, kind of de- devising a training plan or just something to try to improve your skills? I, I mean, I, I've looked enough, like on the internet, to see there's a lot of like running things, like couch to five k plan, and and you know you see all these things. So, what would be some of the things
1: to consider for t- trail running? So, you know, like anything. So yeah, it's kind of funny. I, um, I like the idea of like, so just getting yourself used. So if you, if you have never run before at all, right. So like running is completely new. One really simple thing to do is like, if you have a nearby track and I know this doesn't have anything to do with the actual trail, but a good way to learn or to feel comfortable running is just either starting on a road or a sidewalk, but I think a track's nice because it's a soft surface, but you know, go out there and walk the straight, run the curve, walk the straight, run the curve you know, maybe do that for a mile. Right. And just like take little bits, you know, and then once you, you know, just do that, feel comfortable. Then if you go to the trail, allow yourself to, you know, take little tidbits of walking and then running, then walking, then running. You don't ever have to just start and then go. What's interesting about trail, I think, and what's hard to make a training plan per se is not, we're all on different types of trail, right? There's not like, like a track is universal. So it's really easy to come up with a plan because we all know that surface, we know the distance. But when it comes to a trail, unless you're on, you know, a nice groomed, gravel like it mold then you have gravel and then you have dirt you know and some people have in the east you have lots of rocks and roots um where i live here in colorado it's probably a little bit more sandy we don't have the rocks and roots the same way we have more scree so it's loose you know so it just kind of depends on on your surface but i think oftentimes the best thing you can do is just inch up your distance or your time moving at a running pace slowly there's no rush there's no you know I have to start my you know start my run and I'm not stopping running until I hit two miles like it's totally okay to break it up into pieces what people should always remember is that no matter what every runner will hike or walk whatever interchangeable word for me there but like there's on any trail run that people run they will always be generally walking at a portion of that So when you're training for trail running, you should never think that it has to be a, you know, a complete or an absolute, like, I'm not trail running unless I'm running every step. You have to throw that out of your head.
0: That's really good advice because I think even for me personally, um, before I had that idea, like, oh, to be able to run, I've got to be able to complete the whole thing and run it all. And, like, how do I even get there? You know, so kind of understanding that you can take it slow, Um, do a combination and just kind of build up at your own pace is good Mm -hmm. to, to think about.
1: Totally. And like, I mean, so, and then you have like downhills and uphills and there's definitely, you know, strategies for that as well. You know, like it's hard to tell anybody how to run uphills because we all have different, you know, um, strengths and weaknesses and what our bodies are capable of at different times. As you get stronger, you'll, you, as you get stronger, you'll be able to run more of that as you you know, or if you're starting out, you might not be able to run as much uphill, but knowing when to go into hike mode versus, you know, run mode is a, is a really, is a really helpful thing when, you know, training for, uh, uphill trail running, if you will. I know we didn't, I should have talked a little bit about shoes i maybe we'll circle back, but You know, generally, if you can find trail shoes, and this is unique to everybody, especially with uphill, if you are doing a a lot of uphill, if you find a shoe that has a heel much, well, a bigger drop, a differential from heel to toe, Um, what that means is if in your heel, think of like the best way I can, I guess, do this. So I grew up with ADD. I'm a visual person. (laughs) So
0: I know I'm too. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? (laughs) Can I see a picture? (laughs)
1: <laughs> so think of like a pump, a woman's pump, like a high. Heel, yeah. yeah. Right? Okay. And then, so your heels high in the air and your toes really low. So if, like a wedge. Yes. And, yeah. Okay. A wedge. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so if your heel is up high like that and you're going up uphill, you're not straining your lower calf and your Achilles as much. Cause you're, if you think about that, that heel will come down a little bit and you almost level out. Whereas if there is, if you're in a flip flop, that's completely flat and you're going uphill, all of a sudden now you're gonna really stretch out that um, your that calf and the, the Achilles cause you don't have the extra lift underneath. So if you're doing a ton of uphill training, sometimes I think it's really smart to find a shoe that has kind of like that chunky, they would call it a differential, which is the difference between your heel to your toe in terms of a drop kind of help you out a little bit it feels a little bit a little nicer to your to your lower leg muscles that's kind of random but it's it's a good tidbit it's something to think about the more you the more you do and then for downhill running one really important thing to do in terms of practicing is you know, go to, I don't, I always say like a local, like school system, like you'll find the local high school. Cause usually at a school, they have some version of really well manicured grass and rolling Hills. You might just, they might be like, you know, 15 feet high, 10 feet high. They might be short Hills, but they're usually really well maintained with thick grass. <laughs> and what I'm getting at here is what you want to do is you find this nice little rolly Hill and just at the top, just stand at the top. And then relax yourself and run down this grassy hill. Um, and then as you feel comfortable allowing yourself to go down the hill, you can go faster. You can, you know, um, widen your, your stride. You can focus on all kinds of different things using your arms. Um, but the positive thing about practicing at someplace like this is if you fall, you're, you know, you're falling in the grass. It's not going to hurt. It's kind of intimidating when you get out there and you start trail running and you come to, you know, a downhill that maybe has, that's fairly steep or has a bunch of different um, uh, um, objects in the trail. It can be a little, you know, intimidating. So if you practice your downhills in terms of just feeling um, in control of yourself and things like that, it's really good to find those grassy hills, practice running down those, try to maybe then, you know, once you're comfortable with like a short hill, go to a a steeper hill, or you just kind of increase your, your confidence and ability as you go along. But that will really help any runner, whether you're a beginner or a veteran in your downhill trail running technique.
0: Oh, I do like that advice because that's, that is my biggest fear is when I get to the downhill and it's like I, um, and then I take these super short like pace or, you know, it's just, it's just very funky. And it's like, I feel like I'm going to tumble and it's awkward and
1: <laughs> no, I mean, and that's, and that's a lot of people because it is intimidating and, you know, small steps aren't, aren't like, that's not a bad thing, but as you get more comfortable and confident with your stride, you'll start to lengthen it. You know, another thing, um, I actually, uh, one of my leaders, I've, so i so have a bunch of local running groups across the country for trail sisters and, uh, her name's Lisa Bazzoni in Tucson. She taught me something when she said, You know, a lot of people when running trails, they focus on all the objects in the trails. Like they see, you know, that you're looking for your line and you're constantly, what pops into your head is you see the big rock or you see the big root coming. It's like, you want to train your mind not to look for the objects, but to look for the open spaces. And I was like, wow, that's genius. I don't know why I never thought of that before. It's like, you ever drive down the highway and all of a sudden, you you know, there's a median coming up and they're doing construction and and they will tell you go left or right. You have to pick which way to go. You still are going the same way. You'll come back around, whatever the object is, but you have to split and you're kind of sitting there like, oh shoot, which side, where do I go? Where do I go? And last second, you're like, oh, I guess I'll go this way. But you're so focused on the darn object that you're not supposed to run into versus just like focusing on, oh, just get in the lane and go around the darn yeah. I know it's really weird, but I, I'm sure that's happened to people. And if not, I sound crazy.
0: <laughs> no, I, I do that all the time. Yeah. When you run into those. Uh, yeah. We have a lot of construction here in Michigan too. <laughs> but
1: So yeah, it's, it's, so, training your mind to look for the open pathways is another helpful tip for when you're starting out trail running. Don't, don't try not to focus in on the big objects. Look for the open places that are perfect um, for you to place your foot. So
0: you did mention how you have uh, trail running groups across. So maybe let's talk a little bit about now Trail Sisters and what it is and does and about the community, which I think is really cool. So how how did Trail Sisters get founded?
1: So I started it in April of 2016 and I started at Trail Sisters really as uh, an answer to the missing piece of essentially women's voice and uh, just representation in the sport of trail running. I was very much more focused on trail running at that time. And now it's obviously shifted to make sure we include hiking. And I can explain that as well, but I wanted to do this because I had at the time I had um, I've been working in the outdoor industry for quite some time and in every role that you could imagine, I guess, or ever, I should say every arena. So between, you know, marketing for, shoe company, working as a team manager, doing ad sales for running magazines. Um, you know, I had chance to do a little bit of PR work. Like, so, and then I was running professionally. So I had the chance to experience every aspect of what you call the outdoor industry, um, specifically in the trail run sector, if you will. And in all those experiences, the one thing that was um, constant was the lack of, you know, uh, push for female participation or really displaying the female voice in anything that was out there. And, and I just got kind of poopy pants about it and decided that I didn't like it. Instead of complaining about it, I would start an online journal where it was the place where women, it was a women's only place, you know, a women's only uh, journal for in terms of speaking men were more than welcome to read, you know, whatever was written. Um, So they could understand the female perspective as well. But I was only going to publish articles that came from women because there wasn't enough of that as it was. And um, so I started that. I had about seven friends that I told this idea to. They all were like, hey, well, you know, we'll contribute articles. And then, you know, a couple months later, this thing took off. I was having people write in asking if they could share their stories. So it's a crowdsourced online journal or crowdsourced platform where any and every woman can share her experience, her story, her thoughts um, with the whole goal of either inspiring, educating, or empowering other women to you know join the community of of women in outdoor sports, generally trail running and hiking. maybe one day we'll include mountain biking or something else, but right now those are the those are the ones we can handle and focus on and know the most about but but that was kind of how it got started and from the journal, you know, we so we publish about three articles every week, you know, it's nothing super, super crazy. It if we get a lot of um oh uh submissions for articles, maybe we can add more, but since it's crowdsourced, we kind of space it out so we always have uh continued um content, if you will. But then we started to do uh women's only uh, adventure retreats, if you will or trail running retreats. We have a community team, and then we started doing the local community um, local groups. So, which are a mix of both trail running and hiking, and they're all volunteer led. Um, you could start them anywhere. So, you were in Michigan, like we have some. We have Lapeer County and down in Detroit. We have two local groups there. Oh, cool. Um, yep, in those areas. I have to look them up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's pretty pretty simple process of how to start one. You know essentially just write me. We have a form. go through some questions, but the whole idea is to create an opportunity for women in your local area to get out and enjoy the trails, but it's not just solely about being on the trail. It's about creating new relationships, um, learning from one another, and kind of having a more like well-rounded, wholesome life, um, excuse me, with everybody that you can within your community. So that was kind of the idea behind that, but I think now we're about 110 groups across the USA, a few in Canada, and then also a few in Europe, but obviously the bulk is here in the, in the U S.
0: That's pretty big. I mean, you have a pretty big presence by, you know, just in the last, what, four years Mm -hmm. of growing. So obviously there was a need to, you know, women were, were thirsty for this, but didn't uh, maybe didn't know that there was this avenue
1: to go. Yeah, totally. That was the thing. Like, you know, we started with this virtual, this online platform, but there were women writing and like, Hey, how can I find somebody to run with in my area? You know? And so that's how we were like, well, shoot, we should be fostering an environment for this. And so we started with Facebook groups and now we created our own communities platform, which is like trail sisters custom version of what a Facebook would be like. It's not everybody's on, you know, social media. And so we thought, well, shoot, if we only have our local groups headquartered on this social media platform, how can women find this and join it if they're not on you know if they're not on a social platform so we wanted it to be available to everybody so that's why we're like okay let's create our own platform on our own site so um so everybody has the opportunity um and then just to to kind of go back and include the hype part so so you know i said like we started obviously focused more on training, and that's that's because that that's my that was my bread and butter right that's what i've grown up doing and But, you know, as I traveled around on different road trips to meet with these groups and just through the emails, everybody has a different version of what trail running is for them and how much running they'll do within a hike or, or or I should say, or an adventure. Um, A lot more, I like to use the word adventure than trail running because it's, it's not often that people actually run the entire run, right? It's always a mix of things. And I thought, well, shoot, if we're talking about trail running, there's so many women that would love to be a part of maybe these these groups or these adventures, and they feel like maybe they don't fit in because they have to do some hiking. And then it's like, well, we all have to do hiking. So why are we just focusing on making it about trail running? And so, yeah, it
0: shouldn't be either or.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's where it's like, okay, I want to develop more content and, and speak more to the voice of, and we're building more of that. We actually, um, Heather Anderson's a good friend of mine, and
0: I noticed that yeah. she had done a blog post. Yeah, I was going to ask you about about Heather because she is well known, obviously in the well in the hiking community, and I think also in the trail running community. So someone who has done both.
1: Yeah, she and yeah, and that's met her a um, few years back, and she's always been a good friend. And so I've chatted with her to see, you know, what her thoughts were, and if she'd be willing to help with content more or less because she's a great like like obviously she she's an amazing hiker backpacker and then she's also a runner is like oh this is a great segue a person that kind of does both that probably can speak to both audiences to tie that together or um you know provide that welcoming aspect of like hey look you know any anybody wants to do one or the other you can here's some helpful ways and so she's she's written quite a few articles for us and so we're going to continue to bulk up our maybe hike specific if you will it's not quite hike specific, but comes people coming from that background specifically. But because um, it's just kind of like they're, they are very interchangeable. You do both things when you're out there. And so that's where the idea of like, hey, these are adventures. It's not always about Hey, just drill in specific or just maybe hiking. Cause maybe if you are hiking or backpacking, heck there might be a section where, I don't know, you want to trot a little quicker cause you want to cover more distance. You want to see what's around the next corner or, you know, so why not make sure that the people we're speaking to, they feel comfortable in being in this entire segment that they don't have to feel they have to do just one or the other. So that's kind of how we put hiking in there or wanted to integrate it. So it sounds
0: like from the community that there's a variety of kind of levels of expertise and, um, you know, how, you know, like you said, from maybe someone who's just starting out to even people that are doing this professionally and kind of the trail, ultra,
1: what are those called? Uh, Just ultra
0: marathons, you mean? Ultra marathons, (laughs) but yeah. Yep. (laughs) So So do you guys do, you know, some, like, do you sponsor some races? Do you participate? Like, tell me a little bit about the actual competitive nature of trail running.
1: So, so I I would say like, so after, after you kind of, you know, you're pretty comfortable, you're, you've been doing it for a little bit, you know, you, I mean, any, so for trail races, they start generally like it's a 5k and shoot. Now they have 200 mile races. So you can pick your poison really, but, um, you know some people choose never to race cuz they just don't care for the competitive aspect and some people absolutely love it that's what motivates them to get out every day for me my whole background in trail running really started or I should say running really was based on the competitive side and as I've gotten older it's funny I don't I don't know if it's cuz that I don't want to say that motivation has kind of dwindled or that, that flickery flame that was really roaring is now like, kind of like just like this little candle, <laughs> this little flame bopping around. It's, I don't have that same drive. What's more interesting to me anymore is just getting out to see what, you know, is on this planet, what's hidden behind, you know, the next quarter over the next peak. And it's more the the um, exploration side of things versus, Hey, how fast can I cover it? So you know, trail racing is great. I think it gives people something to focus on, something to train towards if they want. And like I said, there's every distance kind of under the moon from 5k to, you know, a 200 mile event. And it, but it's not for everybody, but the ones that want to uh, get into it, we, I mean, we have a race calendar on our website, um, which is, you know, you can search multiple ways to you know, if, if you're looking for a distance or you're looking for a race in a select state, um, we took things to another level. And like a lot of places or a lot of areas uh, in society, trying to bring up equality <laughs> in in what is happening in, in in races, just as much as everywhere else, we put together what we call the um, Trail Sisters Approved Standards, and we asked that race directors implement these five standards into. Into their you know their races and it's it was a free thing it's you know never charge anybody for anything like that and it's something that anybody any race director could do so it was just a simple easy few things I mean real quick the five things that they could do was if they equal prize money so number one if they have equal prize money if they are giving away prize money podium spots have to be equal you have you know three men, three women, or, you know, you have three, you know, master's men I want to see three master's women. So whatever, however you diced up your, your uh, award spots, it has to be the same across the way. If you are handing out um, shirts in your swag bags, if you, you know, you sign up, you get like a swag bag when you enter, you can't just give women, uh, you know, here's the, sorry, we we bought men's shirts. What size do you, you know? So you have to have both men's and female options for shirts. Unisex doesn't count either because that's just, you know, that's a men's shirt with a different tag. (laughs) Um, you know, it's it's funny, but, and then the fourth thing was for any distance over a half marathon, we asked that they have essentially uh, feminine hygiene products on aid station tables for any race shorter than that. We are like, Hey, it's fine. You don't have to have that at your aid station, but, We want them to have like pads and tampons and any other items. And they don't need like a ton, but they have to offer that an aid station table. They offer all kinds of things. There's no reason that can't be there. And one of the specific points is they have to have it on the table so that a woman could grab it like she'd grab anything else. It doesn't have to be hidden in a first aid box somewhere where you have to stop somebody, find somebody to ask, have them dig it out. And, you know, because I know some women wouldn't be comfortable asking somebody to go find that or if they even had it i know i've heard horror stories where there's been women who like were searching for a female aid station worker if you know that worker happened to have anything because you know period happened that day and shoot they weren't prepared and you know so having something i mean if they have chafe chafing lotion so that you know you could rub that wherever you want to put it like why can't you have a tampon or a pad on top of the table next to, you know, your alcohol swabs and everything else. So so that was the fourth thing. And then the last thing was that race directors also, we wanted them to either divide the start line, like women on the left, men on the right, or ask that they make at least like three to four uh, verbal announcements inviting more women to the front of the start line. And the reason is whenever you look at a start line photo, it's generally a wall of men, which, you know, like, great, you know, dudes can be up there, like more power to you. That's awesome. But women should be represented there too. And somewhere along the line, you know, women decided that we're not fast enough. It's for the fastest people and we shouldn't be there. It's like one person wins the race from the guys side, one person from the women's side, there's no reason why that front line can't have better diversity between, you know, everybody that's participating. Um, And, you know, additionally, when you look at those photos and you don't see anybody that looks like you on that front line, it also maybe discourages you to do that sport because you feel like, Oh, this isn't for me. It's, you know, obviously guys are on this and I don't know if a lot of women really do this. And that's, and that's not true, but we need to, you know, provide that representation awareness in, you know, the media that we have and for people to see. So that was my long winded five things, but on our calendar for races, We, you know, we obviously label the races that have said, Hey, we're going to implement these five standards. So we usually encourage people using our calendar to maybe go to those races as they're taking an extra step in trying to be more welcoming to all parties on race day. Mm -hmm. So
0: has trail sisters also looked at kind of what can be done to get, you know, more people that may not have had the access to gear and running and kind of in the environment of growing up in, you know, access to trails. Cause I know that's also a topic that's really important too, is getting, you know, more diversity out on the hiking trails, trail running and, and so on. So is there anything that you guys have been looking at?
1: So, um, we provide, so we, I wouldn't, so it's an anonymous thing. Like you don't know who's receiving it. You only go off of what their submission is, but we, we do have this thing called the adventure grant. And with the adventure grant, we give six women $500 for, you know, their dream adventure. And the coolest thing is when these submissions come in, we didn't do this past year because of COVID. COVID has actually been, I mean, it's been rough for everybody for sure. It's definitely has changed some of the dynamics of our inner workings. We do so much with community person to person. So it's kind of been a little rough. So we didn't do the grant this year. So we didn't want to encourage too many people to go far away from home and, you know, all that stuff. But, um, um, how we do this is we, and it would, it should be coming around again for next year. I think we usually aim for April, but we have a little, you know, questionnaire people out about, to tell us what, you know, their dream adventure is, you know, what the, you know, what they put the funds towards, why this adventure is so important to them, you know, it's about five or six questions, nothing crazy, you know, and they submit it, and then I pick a team of ten trail sisters, and then we usually do this with this uh, a partner, like a brand partner as well. In the past we've done it with Merrill and they've provided everybody a pair of shoes that, you know, was received the, the grant. Um we've done it with Camelback and a few others, but um um, but then we'll have a, a few representatives from the brand, we'll remove all the names from the submissions. I usually, um, we'll narrow it down to about 35. It's like, we usually get about 270 submissions, which is, in my opinion, is really impressive. It's generally, you know, things that are, you know, big back country stuff. It's not a lot of, we'll get some people saying, Hey, I want to run my first race, but this isn't, this is more of a adventure. And I know some people would say, Hey, my adventure is my race, but this is something where you're kind of doing your own thing. You're not you know, utilizing an organized faction of, you know, an event, but um, which I think is really encouraging, see more and more women wanting to do things that aren't, you know, that aren't organized, that are more off the grid. But um, but yeah, I'll narrow it down to about 35 things. Um, and then I will have, you know, I'll send the sheet of 35 uh, choices out. And then we just kind of do a tally system. Everybody picks their top six. And then whoever, you know, has the most, they, we, give them the grant and, um, the gear from the partners. Um, then, you know, we, we ask that they write a little 800 word, whatever kind of article that we can share with the rest of the community about how their adventure went really in hopes that inspires more women, whether they get a grant or not to go out and enjoy this adventure, whatever their dream adventure is. So that's, that's our way of kind of doing what we can. I would like to do more in the future. Um, It's just finding the right program. And we're a team of two here, my husband, and myself. (laughs) And so it's about how much we can continue to add on. This isn't the same as giving gear to people, but you know, one thing with what we do at Trail Sisters is it's all like, we don't charge for, we don't have any paywalls for content. And I'm a huge believer that like education is really important to me. And so you know, we have articles that are crowdsourced they are coming from everybody. And I would never put up a paywall for anybody to access information that's either, you know, hopefully inspire them to go outside. But a lot of the articles also give them, you know, tidbits on maybe how, you know, how to, you know, run downhill or, or, you know, going through like, you know, depression and handling that with running. And like, there's all like, you can search out all kinds of stuff. We've Got hundreds of articles there so there's definitely something there for everybody but you know i I like to think that our site can be used kind of as a resource as well if you're willing to you know type in the the, the word you're looking to find for you know that information but but we'd never force anybody to to pay for that, and so we're hopeful that if you are new and you don't have the ability to do certain things, hopefully at least you can learn something from our site at you know obviously no cost. And, everything like that.
0: No, I think that's, that's excellent. But how are you also allowing for people to support your mission and, you know, whether it's uh, volunteering or whether it's donating, you know, money or, or like you said, from a brand perspective, donating um, things are, are they reaching out to you? Do you have a way for people to, you know, give, give you guys more support?
1: Yeah, totally. So how we, how we generally keep the lights on, because that's usually a big question. I, we get that quite a bit. I'm like, wow, people, I'm like, I guess that's a good question for people to ask. You must be doing okay if they're asking that. But, um, so, you know, we, we, cause we don't charge membership stuff. That's not our game. We don't put up barriers for women to enjoy the sport. We think that's the worst thing you can do. Um, to charge somebody to feel like they go out and run with the group. I think it's, I'll just say really shitty. <laughs> I don't like it. You should be able to go join your friends outside and enjoy that for free. So, the way we, you know, keep things running is we do sell like trucker hats or merch that says trail sisters. And so if, you know, if, if people are enjoying, you know, the content or they're able to utilize, like we have a women's coaching resource, you know, we, we have a female um, film library. Like we try to put as much stuff on the site that we can, that people can utilize for different things. And, you know, if people are enjoying that and they find it helpful, then sure, if they want to support us and buy a t-shirt that says, you know, trail sisters or I like the one you're wearing today, (laughs) you know, like, so that's, that's a way that, you know, helps us out. Um, obviously that's, you know, nobody has to do anything like that, but if they want to, um, we do have a Patreon, uh, page if people want to donate that way. And then we also, you know, like we, we do have some really great brand partners. Um, under armor has been our partner for the past two years and, they're partnering again with us for next year for, we have a community team. And so they help us out with our team kits, which has been great. You know, um, Meryl shoot, we did a, you know, a shoe collab with them, which was really, really cool. Um, which, you know, the money from that helped go into the adventure grants, which was really awesome. You know, so we have, you know, we've done stuff with smart wool and um, ultimate direction and scratch and some other brands, tailwind, we're hopeful or we're happy to work with all brands. We don't like the idea of being so inclusive with any one brand. So we feel what we can do is hopefully, you know, explain their brand or explain to the consumer, the differences within different companies. We don't ever really like the idea of just kind of siding with one group and saying, that's all there is, or just supporting that. We want both the industry and, you know, the running community, the hiking community to be able to get along all together. I'm a big fan of rising tides rises all ships, right? So if we kind of work together and help each other out, we could have a more successful and more equitable outdoors. So that's kind of like how we like to do things. If if brands are interested in what we do and they want to add to, you know, the idea of growing participation opportunity for all women in the outdoors, then we're always open to trying to work something with them.
0: So how can people get involved that I like, you know, you said that there's the, at least like 110, um, like local groups, what's the way. So I like, say, I want to just find out more information and be able to see if I can join something local or, you know, be part of this community.
1: Totally. Well, first off, you're part of the community already. If you're, if you like there's, so I always like to say some everybody's like, well, how can I be a trail system? Like, Hey, if you, if, if you're a positive person, you want to, you know, you would say hello to another female on the trail and you, or you want to be inspiration. Like you count, there's no, there's nothing you have to do. If you have good intentions, you want to see the, you know, sports for women grow, then then you're already there. But the best thing anybody can do to learn more is just go to trailsisters.net or .com. Both work. Um And so going to the website, on the website is, that's like our, our HQ for everything. So that's where the journal is. And also on that page, you'll find lots of tabs for, you know, the communities page or the community site you'd you want to find a local group, you then, you know, click on the community site. You'd have to create a user because that's our way of, you know, keeping it somewhat manageable with who comes in, who doesn't. You just create a user account, then you can go and you can search to the groups. Then you join a group or you can start your own group if, if you'd like. And there's also a page for the calendar. There's information about the retreats, but just going strictly to trailsisters.net would be the best way to get any information about the organization and community.
0: Right. And do you have, I'm sure like an Instagram presence and, and Facebook and all of that?
1: Yes. Very good point. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, on Facebook, you could just Google trail sisters. It will come up. Okay. And then on Instagram, our handle is trail underscore sisters. And we also, there's a bunch of actual local group uh, Instagram handles as well, which is kind of nice, but our main one, you know, we usually direct people to that. I usually do an inspirational saying almost every day. And then during the weeks we do our articles, which is usually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, I usually do a little brief about the article and then have the link going straight back to the article in the profile so that Instagram users can, you know, just go straight to some fun reading. But um, but yeah.
0: Well, Tina, I really enjoyed talking to you today and learning more and uh, not feeling like such a like novice, you know, like feeling like, okay, I could do this, (laughs) you know, after you talk to me about, you know, some of the tips and things. So I think as a hiker and for the other hikers, I think they'll start to feel more comfortable kind of opening uh, their mind to some of, um, some of these concepts and, you know, not doing like self-limiting because I think that's one of the things that women or anyone can tend to do is, is get uh, too self-conscious and not just go out and do it.
1: Totally. No, thanks so much for having me on. And I had a great time getting a chance to speak with you. And hopefully I, yeah, I threw a, hopefully a, f- a few things out there that hikers could take away, uh, for trail running. But you, you know, you said there at the end about, you know, uh, being self-conscious of things. Like it's funny. I think the number one thing women need to focus on, and you could say anybody, but I usually focus on women. Cause I think it's a bigger issue for women than men is, is really the confidence. And if, you can shape your confidence or, or grow it to a point where, I mean, the world and you can do anything, you can do anything. If you can just work on that. I mean, you could be any trail runner you want to be, you could be any hiker you want to be like, we're all capable of amazing things. It's just believing in yourself that y- you, you can do it. And I want women to know that whether you're hiking or whatever the outdoor sport is, whether it's trailer hiking, mountain, whatever, We're doing something in a very primal area, right? We're outdoors. It's intense. You know, we're not in a gym. We're not doing something where it's controlled. You're in an area that's, that's very, well, I guess primal is the best word. And if you can be out there, whether you're with friends or doing something solo, you should be so proud of yourself and encourage that you're tackling so many things that we don't necessarily have control over, but you're out there doing it. And if you can do that, man, you can do anything. And I think we tend to forget, you know, how capable we are with things like that. So shoot, you know, it doesn't, you know, that's where I'm like, you're hiking, you could totally be a trail runner. I mean, you're you're already conquering the bigger things of getting out the door. So it's just, you know, finding those special tips and then believing that you can do it and then following through.
0: I think that's a perfect way to close on a positive note. Yes. Yeah, so thank you, Gina. Thanks
1: again, Gina, for
0: sharing your story and helping my listeners and myself learn more about getting out there on the trail and building our own confidence. So I want to hear from you. If you're someone who is interested in trail running or has started to trail run or an expert at it, let me know your story and what inspired you to get involved. I know I wouldn't have been out there on the trail if it wasn't for my partner encouraging and supporting me and inspiring me. You can drop me a line at The Hike Podcast on social media or hikepodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, see you on the trail.